they just give me whatever's left over, basically. Yeah. Who am I talking to? I feel like I'm talking to Robert Downey Jr. Let me do a little song and dance for you right now. After that, no. My street cred is kind of... Hello and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAPS Loop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden and I'm joined remotely by Danielle Brostrom, the technologist David Noller, and our very special guest, TCAPS Up North virtual teacher, Marie Willis. Before I blur the background of this remote session, I'd like to share this week's TCAPS Loop Moment of Zen. Learning is a treasure that will follow its owner everywhere. Marie joined us prior to the break, and we couldn't be more excited to finally be able to share her wisdom and enthusiasm regarding her experiences as a teacher in a remote environment. Let's go! Welcome to virtual learning. That's what we always say. The wild wants to teach you. You know, I, I can get us started if you want, but I know Danielle and David probably have a ton of questions. I personally have a ton of questions because, you know, my daughter's in college right now, and she's actually doing the virtual learning thing in college. David, I'm sure yours is there too. But I think overall, students and teachers have, have kind of had to learn how to do this new learning thing. And I guess what what are some of the, you know, it's a kind of a broad question, but what are some of the, I guess, tips and tricks? What are some of the things that you've noticed over the past year? Yes, that's a big question. And a lot to think about. So, you know, the past year, that's that's almost too big to think about. It's almost day to day that we kind of we, we just go day to day and just try to figure out what it is that we need, what it is that the kids need, what is what is it that the teachers, you know, our fellow teachers need, what the parents need. So a lot when it comes to online teaching, we we have our skill set that we know from face to face teaching. We're having to just try to figure out how to how to make that work virtually. So some of the big things are, how are we connecting with the kids, right? Is that for us, it's Google Meet, other school districts might be doing Zoom or other things. Um, What is it gonna look like when we connect? Are we gonna be doing lessons? You know, I teach seven and eight year olds, so their attention span is not going to be a six hour day. It's 20 minute increments, 30 minute increments if you push it. So, okay, so what are we doing during that time? And then a big factor, I think the biggest um, hurdle some of us are having to do is the work component. So we can assign work, but then how are we seeing that work? And then how are we giving them feedback on their work and meaningful feedback? So in the classroom, I might look at their worksheet real quick and kind of give them a score, a grade. They can look at it right away. That might take 15 seconds if I'm looking at one or a little bit longer. But then online teaching, that's going to be different. So am I doing it right away? Am I doing it later? And then another aspect is just communication, communicating with the families of where the kids need to be, when they need to be online, when they what they need to have when they're online, and then making sure that the parents and the kids know what they need to do to access me, to access their work, to access turning in their work. So it's it's a lot. It's simple and it's not simple at the same time. 
Marie, how is this different for you? Because I remember coming into your classroom yeah. and your your physical classroom and yeah. the kids were always doing something and moving mm -hmm. things with their hands and creating and building. How was that different for you being virtually behind a screen? Yeah, it's a lot different. It's different in that I'm not there with them. So I can't kind of take in what's going on and then go with it. There's a lot of pre-planning on myself and then pre-planning with the family. So let's say I want them to create or build something. I need to let the families know, hey, your kids need such and such at class that day because we're going to do this activity. But that is kind of neat because we can do a lot more things that we weren't able to do at home. For example, if we're going to be painting or using some kind of creative aspect, the kids have a plethora of paint and art supplies at home that they can just gather really quickly and they can like lay on the floor and do this beautiful thing that they're doing. Or if they need um, something to count, let's say we're, we're doing counting to 10 activities or grouping things by 10, they can have their little beanie babies and their like beads and beans and all sorts of stuff that they can group together and they can have it spread all over their room but the neat thing is, is that after class ends, the kids can kind of take that and they continue their learning right in their bedroom where we can't do that in the face-to-face -face classroom. So that, that's a neat aspect. So Maria, I just heard you talk about flexibility, yes. student choice, yes. voice. Yes. Like, can, can you, I mean, that feels like a huge part of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of flexibility. We try to create that face-to-face -face in the classroom and that's, you know, I have to gather all materials. You know, we have flexibility as far as I'm glad, you know, I have the materials and I have the ideas and I have to kind of create that. But when they're at their house, I think the kids have a lot more flexibility. They know what materials they have. They know kind of how they want to do things. And that's kind of neat. Do you feel like having them have that choice of selecting those things that they want to group selecting those items like i want to do mine with pennies or i want to do mine with action figures or i want to do mm -hmm. mine with legos do you see that as a positive in terms of their engagement or their their willingness to join in their yes yeah absolutely yeah they can bring in their own legos or their own toys they get really excited by that and then they you know a friend can see oh you're using your legos i have legos too let me see what i can do and they just jump right in also it kind of takes off or takes out the factor of me teaching them how to use their manipulatives or their hands on things they already know how to use it and they already have ideas of oh i have my legos but i have these other toys that I can bring in and do the activity with or and then they can continue that outside of the classroom. The only downside is if you have maybe a student that doesn't have materials or doesn't have something at home that they can't use and that can be a little tricky because you can't just get it to them right away. But yeah, I do see a lot more engagement and a lot of those spark moments that as teachers you just want to have. That's what you that's what you're going for. You just kind of live for those moments when something clicks and they really get engaged and they just take an idea and run with it. Um, I've had kids take lessons that we did 
um, one student took a writing lesson and then quickly she like made a movie after class of like acting out the story and then she emailed it to me. Yeah, I did another activity where kids can make a movie about weather. So they had to like read something and they had to watch a movie or watch a couple different videos and they could pick what kind of uh, whether they wanted to do and then they had to give a report so they had to have their introduction they had to have their three facts and then a closing and some kids you know just read their paragraph and that was it some kids went all out dad got the leaf blower and like was blowing the daughter in the face and she's like hi I'm so-and-so here to talk to you about tornadoes and had this great like background and a whole kit and caboodle of her report and so it really brought it to life and that's something that we wouldn't necessarily have been able to do in the classroom um you know i don't bring a leaf blower to class maybe some other teachers do i don't but just that creativity it was really really neat to see it was a lot of fun how long did it take for you to realize that that was an option i mean i think maybe you know when you started did you did you have yeah. a preconceived notion of how, what the classroom was going to look like how those manipulations uh, were going to work Nope. <laughs> was it kind of a, was it kind of a like a, oh this is a surprise look these you know this is actually a, a positive not an yeah so when I I went to Northern Michigan University and when I went to the teaching program there it was a, a digital um, technology based program as well so it wasn't online but we used so many online um, components to it so we did a lot of those projects and I just keep kind of a tally running idea list on Google Docs of things that would be cool to do. And part of the projects we did was to design like a, a school of the future. Uh, my design was a virtual school. <laughs> and just with a lot of those ideas, yeah, like how we would meet, how we would talk, how we would coordinate, and just a lot of those ideas, uh, videos and things like that, I just kind of kept in the back of my mind. You know, I've tried them in face-to-face -face school, but I just, really haven't pulled them out. So I've been able to pull out a lot of things like that out of my pocket. Um, another idea is um, we did a cereal box project. So that is something that students a you know, would do in a traditional face-to-face -face classroom. So they kind of pick, they have their idea. We did animals and then they have the animals on the front and they have facts around the side and you can kind of tell them, you know, how to decorate their cereal box. And so, you know, I did that same thing. And so the kids are taking pictures of their stereo box, which is neat. And then, but then they can do like interviews with each other. So you can put them into breakout rooms. They can interview each other on their stereo box and talk about it. And it's just really neat. I'm hearing you say a lot of, about um, things that bring me back to personalization. Um, yeah. whether it's the, the personal toys or the cereal box interview, it sounds like, and maybe you can expand on this, but it sounds mm -hmm. like the kids in your class have an interact, have an opportunity to interact with each other about their likes and dislikes or mm -hmm. their favorite things in a way that, um, I, I guess I'd like to hear you talk about how much your, your, your seven and eight year olds are able to build that kind of community that we would normally only be able to do in a classroom. Yes. Well, first of all, it's really the seven, eight-year-olds. They're just wonderful little kiddos. And they have these amazing creative minds. And they're just really neat little people. A neat thing about virtual school is if you just give them the space to do something, you know, you just kind of get out of their way, show them the tools and let them do it, they'll do it. So we spend a lot of times 
during class, so the first half hour of class in all of our virtual schools, we do morning meeting. So we do, you know, shared experiences, a calendar. I do a sing my good morning song. We do coin count. And then, you know, all those fun elementary school things that I love. And then I give them a chance to share. So then three kids can share and they usually like to share longer and that's okay. And then they get have a chance to ask me three questions about whatever, my favorite color, my favorite safari animal. So we do that every day. We also do for our parties. So our holiday parties, Christmas, Valentine's, I just kind of do like an open, hey, let's just hang out and talk. So that's kind of a neat opportunity for them. Also, we have the chat option with our virtual, we do Google Meet, so we have the chat option. And the kids are really neat at supporting each other. So you might have one kid that is sharing or is scared to share or um, might have shared the wrong answer. And right away, you have a bunch of kids in the chat saying, good job, it's okay, You know, keep trying. They're really encouraging each other that way. We do a lot of, in the breakout rooms, like buddy talks and talking to each other. They're working on math problems there together. They might be coming up with sentences and the vocabulary words, and they're actually pretty good about that. It's, it's just really neat to see. They're really encouraging one another. And I found if, if I just kind of get out of the way and give them the tools, they kind of take that and run with it and really build that community. We've had kids connect through email with their parents and they're mailing each other letters back and forth. I had a kid today say, look at this sticker book. So-and-so sent me for St. Patrick's Day. So that's, yeah. And, you know, the kids, they, they seek each other out, even in the general classroom. You know, they seek each other out. They want to make those connections and they find the ways to do that in a positive way. And one thing that I really like about virtual classroom rather than face-to-face -face is that only one person can talk at a time. Just the structure of that is everyone has to be quiet. We're all muted. So it really gives the speaker an opportunity to really share and be heard. And that's a really cool aspect. I never thought I would have made a very good elementary grade teacher. Uh, <laughs> and so I never even considered it. But it's stories like that that makes me wish I had gone into elementary instead of secondary. Aww. Because, oh, well, I got to tell you, I think from from your examples and your and your tales just today, I'm having a hard time getting my group that sees each other every day to talk to each other, to <laughs> support each other, to do those things. Um, and they're with me every day. And to hear how that can happen in that virtual space and to hear you say, it sounds to me like you prefer it in some ways over that that uh, traditional classroom space. That's a great perspective to hear just because I think there's there can be so much kind of yeah. negativity well, about teaching online. And there can be, you know, don't get me wrong. There are barriers. There are um, negative aspects. But, you know, some of the great things are is that you can do things that you normally can't do face to face. You know, face to face, you do spend a lot of time as an elementary school teacher, specifically lower L, teaching how to walk in the hallway, teaching how to sit in a chair, teaching, you know, when to talk, when not to talk, when to go to the bathroom. And those are all very important things to learn when you're at school. Uh, virtually, you don't teach any of that. So it kind of does give a lot more time to teach the online aspects. So instead of teaching how do we walk down the hall, I'm teaching how we mute ourselves and someone's talking. 
And when instead of teaching, you know, how to ask to go to the bathroom, I'm teaching how to make sure you know when the timer goes off so you can pop on. And then instead of teaching how we work with this manipulative and keep your hands to yourself and you're not licking your hands, if you lick your hands or pick your nose, you need to wash it. You know, instead of taking time, yes, that is a lesson. I mean, you do practice when to wash your hands. <laughs> and instead of teaching that, I can spend that time teaching them how to make a video, which is neat. And so the kids have gone through the basic digital steps of their digital literacy. That's a 50 cent word phrase for you. They've gone through those digital steps. So then they're at a place where virtually we can, you know, shoot for the moon. We can make videos. We can make slideshows. They, you know, I can just pull up. Well, my favorite things to do is I just pull up like a, a tool and I say, okay, boys and girls, this is a tool. I think it might work for graphing here. Play with it tonight. Let me know if you don't it will help us with bar graphing and making bar graphs or making this. Well, I'll get emails from my kids. Yeah, this is better than this tool because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this is not as good as this tool because of blah, blah, blah. You know, we're just kind of at that point where, you know, face to face. And, you know, I just don't spend as much time with digital tools and online learning that I, you know, I am now. And so we just weren't at that point yet. Marie, how are you encouraging readers? Because you have littles and they, yeah. they need to learn how to read. And that's a big part of what they're doing at your age level. How do you encourage that virtually? That's really tough. Yeah, actually, it's not. <laughs> what I found is, <laughs> love you, Danielle. What I found is, again, if you just kind of dangle that carrot and kind of give them the space and the tools and get out of their way, kids are curious. So as far as reading, you're going to have some kids that, their family has already kind of, or a school or someone has captivated that opportunity for them to read. And all you got to do is just give them more tools. So we have like Epic and we have other, I don't know if I could name specifics, but we have other, on, oh, I can't. Okay. We have Epic and we have, oh my goodness, um, WLS free books. Um, Amazon has a lot of free Kindle books, you know, and I kind of compile all of those and then I have it for them in our digital classroom and I send it to parents and I send it to parents and I send it to parents and I send it to parents, it to parents um, just so that it's at the kids' fingertips, which I think is really important. Um, just to have it available and then the kids who could go either way you just have to put it in front of their face oh you know beginning of the year okay it's going to be really exciting here's the book i read now you try it and you just make it like this really exciting thing and so then once they kind of get the idea and they start enjoying books about different subjects they'll take that and run with it and then the kids who usually the kids who say i don't like reading it's because they haven't either found something they like reading about or they don't know how to read. Well, those are easy to fix. Okay, we'll put you in a small group where I teach you the basics of sounding out words, your CVC words, whatnot, where you're meeting with me in a group, a like group, and we're talking about it. We're celebrating, hey, awesome job. You just sounded out that word tub, and you can put that in a sentence, and you kind of celebrate those small things. Then, boom, they like reading. Or you know, the kids who just haven't found the subject they like about, you know, a, a good subject is joke books. <laughs> and they'll read it over and over and over. You know, you just kind of figure that out. And then every day they have, in the afternoon, my students have uh, homework, you know, because they don't see me as much as they would see a teacher during the class. Part of their class is asynchronized. So part of that is 
homework of reading anything they want. And then the accountability is, what was your favorite part? And so we spent a lot of time just celebrating reading, um, enjoying reading. And one of their favorite things is when I read to them and they can get in their cozy spot. So this is great. It's one of my favorite things. I read to them a story. And if I don't say it, they'll ask, can we go to our cozy spot? So within 10 seconds, they'll go to their bed or mom's lap or on the couch or snuggled up and they'll listen to the story. And they love that. And actually, that is our St. Patrick's Day party, if you will. This Thursday is instead of reading groups, we're all going to meet at the same time. And I'm going to read them St. Patrick's Day stories in their pajamas in their cozy spot. Yeah. And that was our Christmas party, too. They built they each built their own fort and they got to wear pajamas. And oh, my goodness, they're elaborate forts. Parents helped them. We invited siblings. It was fabulous. So they each built a fort in their house, like a tent fort, and they wore pajamas. And I let them have a snack, which is a huge thing because we usually don't have food in on the screen. And then I read them some Christmas stories, and then we played bingo. And their prize for bingo was invisible glitter that I threw at them at the screen. And they would pretend to catch it. And <laughs> they were so excited. So... <laughs> Marie, the fun, incredible learning community that you are building. This it's is a lot so of fun. Cool. It's I felt a lot of fun. You let me come in and read a story to your kids. They oh, were just it. like, yes. oh, I yes. love this. Another, another thing, this is a little off topic, but it's just really cool is, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, we've had a lot of cool virtual experiences as far as guest readers. One, we went to, to the Danas Museum. They did a virtual field trip for us. It was awesome. He sent me some videos to kind of talk about um, Inuits and the Inuit culture. And we did some lessons with that. And then he had an iPad on a cart and he actually took us on a tour of what he wanted to talk about and share. It was the best field trip. One, because all the kids were at the screens like, eyes wide open like just soaking it in two they were all had to be muted so they could all hear the speaker which is huge for field trips and three i didn't have to do any paperwork for permission slips so that was nice but and real a huge thank you to the denos museum for doing that and we had a private um sponsor to sponsor all the students so that was awesome another one is we've had guest speakers we've had mikhail haggerty um read to us I'm sorry, not read to us. We watched a video of that, but he just talked about what it's like to like his story and how he became an entrepreneur. And that tied into our lesson about community and how local businesses help the community. Well, now we have kids who want to raise their own apple orchard like McKeel did, and they want to drive awesome cars and they want to earn their own money so they can buy awesome cars like McKeel. Yeah. And we've had Danielle share stories read to us and we're going to have a couple other guest readers but these are experiences that our kids might not have had before oh and our mayor our mayor and our um, county commission board most of them have came and just talked to us about what it's like to be the mayor and on the city commission i yeah. can imagine those might be easier to arrange via a Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. One of these calls instead of, hey, can you take three hours out of your yeah. day to drive to my site, talk to my kids, then drive back? Yes. 
they're able to pop in and pop out at their yeah. leisure. Yeah. That's a great opportunity. Yeah. Mikhail was literally like, pop on. He spoke with us for 20 minutes, 10 minutes of questions, and then he was able to pop out and then finish his day. It's been it's been a really neat experience for them. I, I just have to say really quick, um, I did take a screenshot a moment ago because I don't think I've ever seen Danielle and David as happy and content and joyful <laughs> as, as I have when you were talking earlier. They just look so happy. It was it was wonderful. It was, it was great. <laughs> I got I to tell you, David, I, I'm listening to, to these stories from Marie and I'm thinking, how is these students are going to be your students at some point? Talk a little bit to that, David. What what do you expect to see from these students when they're when they're with you later on in their educational career? Well, that's I'm listening to these stories too and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm doing it so wrong. You know, I think uh, the the high school experience is such that sometimes that energy and that fire and that enthusiasm has been a little bit maybe tamped down, um, has been spent, has been um, redirected into longer times sitting and longer times doing activities. You know, we, we've tried to do some things. Some teachers have done some things here with uh, engaging kids with some of these online tools right in the classroom that to try to increase engagement. And, um, you know, I for a long time, I've been trying to, to use uh, gaming components in my classroom to keep kids interested. But everyone wants to while you have to do something like SAT prep. <laughs> and they have to sit and write for an hour, uh, or they have to sit and take a practice test. And you have to tell them you have 45 minutes. Uh, I love hearing these stories because I, I think it encourages the kind of learning that we all wish we could always have at all of our levels, which is where the students have some choice, where the students have the opportunity to share themselves through how they participate in their own learning. And hopefully we can keep moving in that direction uh, because I do think the online environment, whether it's face-to-face -face or not, whether it's these students working from home or students working in class, the online environment should be so wide open that our kids should have the opportunity to make those kinds of choices and have that kind of enthusiasm and, and go after what they are interested in the most as a way to make the learning more meaningful and more fun for them. Um, I'm not sure that, that what we do is always fun in ways that it could be because the way Marie's doing it with fun does not take away from the learning. It encourages the learning. Why can't we do more of that at the secondary level? I think there are some people who are good at that, and there's a lot of us who aren't. I think I've done some of that with my with my gaming stuff and the kinds of things that I choose to teach and the way I approach it. But sometimes I think we get a little bit bogged down at covering content instead of necessarily getting into how do we do it in a way that best encourages the kids to not only learn it now, but to keep being interested. So Marie, thank you for that giant nod of approval that I just saw. Yes, yeah, yeah. covering content. That's a, yeah, a lot of pressure with that one. Do you know what else, Marie? You said yeah. you said it twice and I wrote it down in my notes uh, and bolded it. So that way I don't forget because I want to put this, I want to post this somewhere. I think it's important. Oh. You said, show them the tools and get out of the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What's that? That phrase, don't be a uh, sage on the stage, be a guide on the side. 
Oh, for sure. Well, and you know, something I learned a long time ago is I'm not the smartest person in the room. You know, I work with seven and eight year olds, but um, Danielle might have been there. I was on a meeting with, you know, our director of curriculum and we're trying to troubleshoot an online an online testing tool and we're trying to figure out about the headphones and the speakers and the, and we had a kid there to kind of show us the kid aspect to kind of run through things so we could see what it looks like from a kid's perspective. Well, the seven-year-old said, um, Mrs. Willis, uh, can I just show you how you can do it? Sure. And she's like, okay, let me present my screen. And she's like presenting her screen. She's like, you need to do this, 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 this. But before that, you need to make sure you have this, this, and this. So write this down so you can tell other people. And so I literally wrote it down. And then that's what we sent out to all the virtual teachers as the troubleshooting tool from the mind of a seven-year-old. So yeah, and it's neat to really give them that. You know, we try to do ownership, but in this situation, we're all kind of learning everything new. I can't come in thinking that I know everything. Um, and here we have a seven-year-old that that knew, <laughs> that did it. That was awesome. I was going to say, that's one of the messages we've, we've tried to encourage uh, for hesitant teachers to use technology in the classroom, that you don't have to know it. You don't have to know it because the kids probably already do. I don't recall what the name of the tool was. It was so long ago. You were making virtual posters and like you'd hover over a piece and it would pop out and get bigger. And I forget what it was called. But I was talking about that with a teacher one day and she's like, well, I don't I don't know how to use that. And I'm like, don't worry, the kids are already doing it. And as it turned out in her room was a kid who, who would make them for their favorite band or their favorite book or their favorite whatever. And the kid got up and did a demo for the other people in the class. And the teacher didn't have to know how to do it. She just had to give oh, them the sure. tool and get out of the way. Oh, absolutely. And there's there's a lot with that. There's a lot of studies and things written about that, the digital literacy and how, you know, people are at different stages of digital literacy. Some people grew up where their whole world, well, these kids grew up where their whole world was online. You know, the internet was just there. It's always been a part of their lives. They grow up with it. You know, my nephew when he was two was showing me how to use his new iPad when he had it and do the videos, right? And then he had the end of, other end of the spectrum. Um, you know, people didn't have computers when they grew up and online is all new to them. So there's different stages and it's okay where you are, um, the different stages of learning um, digital literacy, which I do think is a literacy. It's something to know. And it's completely okay not to know everything. There's some talk and some writing about those who uh, didn't grow up with um, learning. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to say it without saying older, but... Can, can I give um, you the terms? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> digital natives and digital immigrants. Yes, that's what I'm looking for, digital immigrants. Okay, so like when I grew up or maybe um, when my parents grew up, you expected to, you had a subject and you had to know everything about it, right? And that was just how our mindsets are. Well, kids now are digital uh, natives don't expect to know everything about something. They expect to learn something and they'll learn what they need to know. And they, you know, they have to keep learning. When they play video games or whatnot, they have to keep learning. Or the internet, you have everything out there you could possibly know. You don't have to know everything before you try it. And so Danielle and I were talking about before with robotics, it's okay to go, I don't know anything, but let's learn about this. Here you go, let's figure it out. Show me what you know. Well, that's cool because instantly they have a purpose. Right, they have a purpose to use that tool. They have a purpose to learn the stuff. And also, 
Um, I don't have much experience with high schoolers, but with seven, eight-year-olds, they love when they know more than Mrs. Willis. So <laughs> they have motivation. I don't know this. Here, you try it. Teach me something. And then they're talking about it and they're figuring it out. They'll do it on their own time so that they can teach me how to use it. Marie, how do you promote balance with your students? Because you are dealing with kids that are online all the time. How do you promote the offline activities? And then yeah. also, second part of that question, how do you find balance yourself? In my life. Mm -hmm. well, yep. um, I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a deep breath for that one. So balance for my students. You know, there's just so many things to take into play. First of all, you have, you know, your core subjects, and then you have the different families and different family lives. You know, these kids come from different family lives, and there's so much that I don't have control over. So, you know, I take the district's expectations, and that's just the expectations. And then if you don't meet those expectations, I don't know. But our goal is to, you know, improve to try to meet it as far as doing your schoolwork and you know participating and things like that so what i do is we have our two and a half hours um in the morning with me so they spend a half hour learning a half hour independent work half hour learning half hour independent work half hour learning and then in the afternoon they have homework which should take about an hour and a half or so kind of takes up that time that they would spend in school. And then I just have a must do matey list for the afternoon. These are the things that you must do. Here's some things that you may do if you want to. And that's that little dangly carrot that a lot of kids like to do. And then they have a small group time with me. So that's when they catch up on our reading or math, kind of where I see their holes. And then a lot of communication with families and communication with parents. I think as much information I can give parents ahead of time and really think about, okay, how would this look from a parent's perspective? Or what would a parent need to know beforehand? So that's coming before we do an activity or whatnot. As far as balance for me in my professional life, is that what you're asking? <laughs> Well, I have a really loving husband who is very good at technology. He's my in-house tech guy, so he does all my technology stuff. I just have a really supportive family. Um, you know, I have, and I have supportive teachers. Oh my goodness, the staff that I work with, the other virtual teachers, Danielle. Um, I've been working a lot with Shayna Biller, who is our new assistant uh, super. I have a great principal, a great school, Terry Noel, that are just, they're all just so supportive. And I think that's really important to have extremely supportive people around you. So I have professional supportive people, family supportive people, and then I give myself times, you know, just like I would if I was face to face, like from this time from to this time, I'm doing blah. From this time to this time, it's lunch. And I don't work on my lunch. I just, unless it's an emergency, I don't. Like I need that mental space. From this time to this time, I'm doing prep. And what am I prepping, you know? So I have my schedule, I have my times, and then, you know, work ends at this time. And I do a lot outside of, you know, as teachers, we do a lot outside or we're thinking and phone calls, but I give myself a set time. Like I'll work on my work from this time to this time. After that, it's home. And I'm, unless there's an emergency, it's home. But even, um, you know, even things can come up as an emergency and I just do the best that I can to kind of 
plan ahead and ha have just like we do for our kids. We have if thens for ourselves. If this happens, then I call this person. If this situation, then I blah blah blah. Yeah. Just keep the balance. I love it. That's another story from the classroom. Those are my favorite. Oh boy. That's <laughs> another like beautiful, happy thing that will fill our hearts and our souls. Oh my goodness. Let me think. I have a good one. <laughs> like, like she's not teaching kids not to pick their nose anymore. I picked that up earlier in the conversation. <laughs> Marie, they're going to be sitting in Noller's class picking their nose. <laughs> That's going to be no different than usual. Correct. It's so cute. Okay. Well, we had, um, well, today we're doing our countdown to spring break. And so each day we kind of do a fun activity. We've done wear green for St. Patrick's Day. Um, we've done a jumping jack challenge and they're doing their jumping jacks for a minute to see how many they can do. Um, wear your favorite color days. That was rainbow. And then today was baby picture day. So I had all the parents send me a baby picture of the little ones. It was so precious. Yeah. So I popped it on the screen and they can see my screen and we went through and I snuck my baby picture in there and none of the kids got it except for one. <laughs> but he goes, that's you, Mrs. Willis. I said, well, how do you know? Because you're old and those are old clothes. <laughs> I was a baby in the 80s. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take that. I graduated that. high school in the 80s, so thanks for that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's been a really cool experience. And it's it's neat because um, you get to know the kid as a kid, you know, as a person, as a human, not just a kid, as a student. And we've been doing a lot of, um, for special things, I've been doing a lot of inviting the, the siblings to come, you know, participate. They like to listen to the read-alouds or if we're doing, you know, a Christmas party and they want to play bingo. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's been neat. And, uh, you know, our families are amazing. I have a lot of parents that are emailing saying, you know, we listen, <laughs> I sing them the good morning song every morning. And they're like, on the weekends, my child makes me sing the good morning to you. Good morning to you. Yeah, that's funny. It's I was hoping you were going to sing that song for us. I was going to ask. Oh, you want me to sing that? You mentioned it earlier, but then you just uh, volunteered. Yeah, it, so it's really to keep them busy while I'm clicking stuff. And, you know. <laughs> And I, you know, I'm, I'm turning into my parents because that was the song that my mom sang to get us up out of bed, you know, and then the hello, everybody, how do you do, you know, as, as if power school is taking too long to load, I'll sing that one. And then when kids are going, when do we get out? When do we get out? When do we get out? It's have patience, have patience. Don't be in such a hurry. And so <laughs> I'm turning to my parents. My no, favorite can one. That be our <laughs> tool of the week. Yes. When in doubt, have patience. Sing. Yeah. When in doubt, sing it out. And then my dad's uh, tool. I didn't realize this that I did it until afterwards when the kids were all talking and weren't muting themselves. I said, "Okay, everyone, pretend you're a carrot." Well, carrots don't talk, so they have to pretend they're a carrot. And I had to text my dad. Oh my goodness, I am you, because that's what he used to do when we were little. Like, now I know why you had us pretend we're vegetables. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, be a potato. Oh, potatoes don't talk. <laughs> Can I still use that on my 18-year-old when we're... Go for it. Let me know All how right. it works. 
I, it still I, works so, on me. If my dad said it now, I would definitely pretend I was a carrot. Now I know why. <laughs> well, Murray, we've actually we've we've kept you I think longer than we were expecting. But gosh, this is this is a ton of fun. Does anybody have any any last questions before we 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 let her go and? I just, um, can we all just throw some virtual glitter at her right now? Because oh, this has yes. been delightful and amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's really been a treat. You know, I think it's a great reminder, no matter what level you're teaching of the kinds of things that are possible. And I yeah. think you're hitting a lot of the things that are possible that others are just sort of thinking about. Maybe they'll try sometime. I hope it came out that, you know, it's not me. There's, I have a huge team. You know, I have a lot of a huge team, all the virtual teachers, a lot of support, a lot of support from my principal, my co-teachers and my family. And I feel like I'm just a really good copycatter. <laughs> well, tell <laughs> all those people good job as well. Then. <laughs> from us to them. And oh, we, love we love you. This yep. was so you wonderful. We'd love to have you back on the pod at some point. Oh, anytime. Awesome. Danielle, do you have a tech tool of the week? Um, bring Marie back. Can that be our tech tool of the week? We can do that. Virtual glitter. That. Virtual glitter. I have nothing better than what she shared, Larry. Honestly, everything that I have seems kind of dumb right now. So just, <laughs> just do what Marie did. Re-listen to this podcast. I like you just it. have to make sure you vacuum it up so your parents will have to clean up after you. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I'm just going to absolutely close this out and say thanks for listening and inspiring. I am part, I think I'm just still part kid. I think that's why. <laughs>